Hi, well, good morning, everybody. Good morning online. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and we're, I'm excited to be here this morning. We're going to be join, uh, starting our, I think it's part two of our new series, The Spirit of Joy. I don't know how long this is going to go. I have a feeling it's going to be a shorter one than some of our other uh, long winded ones. Uh, we will have at least another one next week. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, just a couple of announcements real quick. We will have our Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock. Live stream right here on Facebook Live. Uh, we've had a very tremendous turnout each week on that. So, um, so, um, and then we still have our Bible classes on our website at lighthousesaffordshire.org. And uh, we have everything recorded, even the, the last four Bible studies we've had on Sunday night. We have all those recorded on our website as well at lighthousesaffordshire.org. Uh, I don't really have any announcements, so I'm just going to go ahead and just jump right into the, the message this morning. So, if that's okay with everybody. I guess, and so anyway, here we go. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles this morning uh, to Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk uh, chapter 3. I know we don't turn there very often. It's the fifth book from the end of the Old Testament. So if you go to Malachi, go backwards, five books. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 19. We're going to start, we're going to actually read through uh, a lot of Habakkuk today. I don't know if you've ever heard a message from that. So again, if you go to Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, you go backwards five books to Habakkuk. Uh, Habakkuk, I always have a problem pronouncing that one. I've heard it uh, many different ways. Uh, but Habakkuk, I just call him Habby for short. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. We're going to start We're going to start at the end of the book, and we're going to go back to the beginning uh, in just a few moments. So... I'm just giving everyone a good chance to get there because I know that uh, we don't go to some of what we call the minor prophets very often, let alone this book. But Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 19, we're going to start. And let me just get the words on the screen here real quick. And he writes, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, <clears throat> though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, He will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me walk on my high heels. To the chief musician with my string instruments. Lord, we just thank you for your word this morning. Lord, uh, whatever any of us may be going through, not just with the coronavirus, but uh, anything in life, Lord, any of our challenges, I just speak peace to those things, and I speak joy that, that we resonate from our hearts, not because of the situations, but in spite of the situations. We will rejoice in the Lord our God, and we will joy in the God of our salvation. Lord, I thank you that you give me words to speak to the monk this morning, and give us all ears to hear uh, what your spirit would have us to hear. In Jesus' name we give you strength, give you praise. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, <clears throat> I wasn't planning on so much uh, teaching on this section of uh, joy uh, as I was preparing the message, and I actually was listening to a message from Ross and Purdue which is actually going to be on our, uh, 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 
online classes that we have available talking about joy. But I was listening to Lawson Berdue as he was going through this book of Habakkuk, and it just resonated with me. I wanted to teach it too. And so I'm just praying that I can communicate what's just burning in my heart on the spirit of joy in light of hear, hearing another message and trying to relay the outline of some of the verses, uh, concepts that he, he, he shared. Um, go, let's go back, go back to, the, to the beginning of the book here, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1. We'll get started there in just a moment. But as we get started here, you know, um, I, one of the things I, and I want to kind of subtitle this message, and we're talking about the spirit of joy, but I want to kind of subtitle this uh, this section of, of the series calling Joy is the Attitude of Faith. Joy is the Attitude of Faith. How many of you know we can have a good attitude? Or we can have a bad attitude. Either way, we have an attitude about something. Whether we're complacent, whether we are angry, whether we are depressed, or whether we are joyful, we can have an attitude. And we need to have an attitude of joy. Despite what's going on, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're going to look at Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a prophet, or they also called him seers, about 600 years before Christ. And there were some... Uh, trouble that was going on. We're going to get into some of this in a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole the whole book, but there was some trouble. The Babylonians were attacking the Israelites, and he didn't. Habakkuk couldn't understand why the wicked would be attacking the righteous, and it bothered him. It troubled him. He didn't understand it. I mean, we know that sometimes we go through things, and we don't understand why we're going through it. Joseph and Daniel went through things. They didn't understand it. Paul went through things at times. Uh, I can go through almost every character or person in the Bible. They didn't always understand what they were going through. Abraham and Sarah didn't understand why they waited 100, almost 100 years to have a child. They, God promised them things, but they didn't understand why it was taking so long. There's so many ways I can paint the picture, but sometimes when we're going into the, the, the battle of our lives, or we're going through a battle, or sometimes we're going through multiple battles at once from so many different angles. Sometimes it can be very hard to understand, let alone to have joy. Let alone to have an attitude of joy. And because sometimes we don't have that attitude of joy, those circumstances have a tendency to clobber our faith. But we need to overcome those by the, 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 uh, the word of our testimony. We need to overcome those by the blood of the Lamb. We need to get an attitude of joy... That will be our strength. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. It says in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. And if we get time we'll, we'll get there this morning as well. <coughs> but I believe we can operate in victory when we believe God. No matter what the circumstances look like. Even if we're being overtaken by an army. Or the enemy. Or the wicked it might seem. Or whatever the case may be. I, I, can try, I'm, I wanted to paint this picture so many different ways, but I'm just going to use some of the, uh, this context of Habakkuk where uh, the enemy, the wicked, is overtaking the righteous, it seems. And not that Israel was perfect, not that we're perfect, but we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But at times it looks like it's prospering. At times it looks like we're being overtaken. And I uh, actually, I told you to turn to chapter 1. I want to actually reread what I just read 
here. I didn't plan on rereading this, but it just says here, uh, back to chapter 3, verse 17. I'm trying to get back here. Every time I read this, it just it resounds in me. Because I, I don't know how this relates to you. But verse 17 again, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off in the fold, and there be no herd in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will join the God of my salvation. You know, sometimes it just seems like we're, we're coming at the end, and we've been, we've been, especially, you know, another scripture that comes to mind is, don't grow weary in well-doing. How many of you know we can be fighting the fight of faith? And how many of you know sometimes faith is a fight? Sometimes it's a fight of faith. It's a daily battle. It's a daily, it's a moment by moment, hour by hour uh, fight at times to keep our faith and keep this attitude of joy in the midst of, of the struggle. And, uh, but we can have the spirit of joy that is not based on the circumstances. It's based on God who is in us. It's based on the spirit of God. It's based on the nature of God. It's based on the presence of God that is already in us. Because we talked about last week how joy comes from the presence of the Lord. Joy is a, the fruit of the Spirit. And as we abide in Him and He abides in us, we can bear much fruit, even the spirit of joy, in the midst of calamity, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of challenges. And how many know sometimes the battles get very weary? The battles... It's a lot, it's a, sometimes it's not so much the battle itself, even though the battle is weary. It's the longevity of the battle at times. And uh, sometimes also, too, emotionally, ment mentally, we don't always understand and what's going on, why it's going on. And this is where Habakkuk, what he didn't know what was going on. Yet, he, as you read this book, and especially as you get towards the end, he says, I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. So, hopefully I'm making sense as we get started here this morning. But again, Habakkuk was a prophet. He saw these problems, and it troubled him. Uh, i trying to catch up with my notes, because I read ahead. Uh, so anyway. But let's read a little bit here in Habakkuk chapter 1. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to get back to where it was. And it says, The burning which the prophet... Habakkuk saw. I mean, just right there on the top. Habakkuk had a, there was a burden that he saw. And he says, O oh Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not say. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are, are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. I want to piggyback this. Keep your finger in the back because I know it's hard to find. But go with me real quick to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And we're going to look at verse 7 and 9 here. This is David. He says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prosperous in his ways because of the wicked man, because, I'm sorry, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Jump down to verse 9. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they will, they shall inherit the earth. 
I tried to, one thing I'm trying to paint a picture here, not just with a backache, but so I can read so many different scriptures, is that so many people like David, like a backache, like Abraham, experience problems, experience trouble, experience uh, things that they didn't understand, even at times where it seemed like the wicked were prospering, and yet we were struggling. And yet, and in the moment, but, uh, <clears throat> but even David says, don't fret. Because you see the evildoers prosper. Uh, they will be cut off. That's, the Lord will deal with that. With them. The Lord will deal with that. But we need to keep our attitude on the Lord. We need to keep our focus on Him. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Am I making sense this morning? I'm, I'm, trying to ba I'm, ba I'm barely getting into what I want to get to. But sometimes there's, and I'm going back to the back, sometimes there's such a, such a, a big problem. And even, you know, Habakkuk's a prophet. He's a minister, but he's, he, and David, we, we understand David, we, we see his psalms. And there's so many times he didn't understand what he was going through. And one thing I appreciate about David, he's so honest. He's so transparent. I don't like this. It's not right. And I, I believe there's a holy dissatisfaction that's from God that I'm not just going to put up with this. At the same point in time, we can't get to the point where we're blaming God. We can't get to the point where we have such a negative attitude that we don't have the joy of the Lord to be our strength. That we don't, we don't, <clears throat> I mean, there's times we don't see the, the figs on the vine. There's times it seems like there's no, like, there's no sheep in the stall. Cow. It just seems like it's empty. We're always coming down empty-handed. And maybe I'm not speaking to everybody, but I know sometimes I, perhaps I'm speaking to some. But I just know there's times when, like, you know, uh, <coughs> when's our payday? When's we're going to see this manifested? When are we going to see breakthrough? When is enough going to be enough? And, and, and uh, there's so many ways I can, I, I, I'm just sharing even from my own heart, because I know there's times where I struggle with the longevity of a problem. Or a problem, it seems like it keeps repeating itself over and over and over again and whatnot. My heart is that, I'm trying to understand some of the struggle that we go through that's real, but I want us not to stay there. I want us to put our focus on God. I want us to have an attitude of joy. And, and, and because the attitude of, uh, let, me, let me say it again, joy is the attitude of faith. We need to have an attitude. But we need to have a good attitude and an attitude of joy. It goes on to say, uh, go with me to chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2. And I'll pick up verse 2 and 3. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now, Habakkuk was, again, was troubled because he could not understand why the wicked, uh, wicked nation was overtaking the people of God. And Habakkuk was crying out. And so he, he, in other words, Habakkuk was saying, this is, this is challenging for me. I don't understand why this is going on. But, in other words, as he cried out to the Lord, the Lord answered him. He says, write the vision down and make it plain. In other words, I want to, 
paint, paint the picture too that no matter what is going on, God has a promise. God has a plan. God has spoken to us. And so has God has spoken to us a very specific word, a very specific vision about the circumstance. God has spoken to us. Write it down, make it plain. It will come to pass. All, but even if maybe we don't have a specific word from God, God has given us His word. He is the living word. And He will answer. And He, he, he will come through. All the promises of God in Him are yes in Him, amen in Him, to the glory of God through us. We can trust in God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And joy is the attitude of faith. We we get joy from being in the presence of God. We get joy from the Spirit of God who is within us. We, get, we, we bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, which includes joy, because we are abiding in the vine and we're bearing much fruit. Apart from Him, we can't do anything. Apart from Him, we can't act in faith. Apart from Him, we can't have a spirit of joy. But because we are in Him and we do have Him in us and He is in us, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, but we can have an attitude of joy. And God says he has a vision. He has a plan. And he has a promise. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God's word will prevail. God's word will come true. And I believe that not only do we have a written word, but we will spend time with God. If we will seek Him, He will give us a specific word. He will speak to us. He will minister to us. We should write those things down. We can bank on it. We can count on it. It might look like the enemy's winning. It might look like different things are happening. But I'm not trusting the circumstances, what they're saying to me. I'm trusting God and what He has said and what He is saying to me. Does that make sense? And from that, I'm going to have an attitude of joy. And that joy is going to be an attitude of my faith. He goes on to say in the very next verse, and this is a very famous verse that Habakkuk is known for, especially the last part of it, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Paul quotes this many times, the last part of verse 4. But the just, the righteous, just and righteous, exact same Greek word. I know we're reading in the, in the Hebrew here. But the, the just shall live by his faith. We live by our faith. We don't live by sight. We live by faith. We live by the word of God. That's how we live. We partake. We don't partake of the bread of sorrows. We, he is our daily bread. And we need, we need a fresh word every day. Just because we had a vision yesterday, just because we had a word yesterday, it doesn't mean it's not so true, but we need to hear it again. We need to digest it again. We need to count on it. And there's some things God has spoken to our hearts. <coughs> and, there, and it was amazing, we even had a word this week, Wednesday night, that there's some things that we've been praying for, and God told us to bring them back on the front, forefront. We put, we've had them on the back burner for a while. But it's time to bring them to the front burner. It's time to get ready, because God's word will prevail. That makes sense. And, and, I mean, I don't know what, God, what you're going through in all the different circumstances. I don't know what God has spoken to you specifically. But we know what God has spoken to us. And we're going to choose to trust God. And, and, and so the just will live by his faith. The just, the righteous, lives by faith. But what do you do when it seems the wicked are prevailing? What do you do when it seems like the problems are greater than the promise? 
you keep believing God. I want to say that again. What do you do when it seems like the wicked are prevailing? I mean, we know the wicked are prevailing in our, in, in our society. It's getting very nasty. It's getting very ugly out there. What do we do when it seems like the wicked are prevailing? What do we do when it seems like the problems that we're facing are greater than the promise? We keep believing God and we keep believing His Word. We need to keep living by faith and not by sight. You don't have to turn to it, but I've been quoted already. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we, don't, we live by faith or we walk by faith. It's a walk. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a journey. It's a walk. We walk by faith, not by sight. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus did nothing without spending time with the Father. David, he, he was discouraged, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. We need, to, we, and, and, and we need one another. We had some conversations this week how we need one another. But ultimately, we need God. My faith is not in people. It can't be. I'll be a wreck. My faith can't be in myself. My faith can't be in doctors and finances. My faith has to be in God. I'm not saying I'm thankful for those things. I'm not saying I don't even need some of those things. But my faith, my trust, my reliance is on God. And if I get my focus on anything and everything else, my faith is going to be shipwrecked. I need to keep my faith and if I... If I and joy is an attitude of faith. Hopefully I'm making sense this morning. But I love this verse. Go back to chapter 2, verse 11. I saw this verse this week, and I've just been chewing on this all week. But it says, For the stone will cry out from the wall, and the beam from the timbers will answer. Now, just on the surface, we might not understand this. What are you talking about a stone and what are you talking about timbers? How do you know that Jesus is our cornerstone? How do you know Jesus is a, is a stone that the builders rejected? The stone, Jesus will cry out even from the wall. He is our, he, he is our strong tower. He is our hope. But I love the last part. And the beam from the timbers will answer. The cross. The beams of the timber won't answer it. No matter what we're going through, the cross of Jesus Christ will answer whatever, uh, whatever is troubling you, whatever is attacking you, whatever is coming against you, whether it be health, whether it be finances, whether it be an, enemy, an actual enemy, the, the cross will answer it. Keep your focus on him. Keep your focus on your cornerstone. Keep your focus on Jesus. Because the stone will cry out from the wall. And the cross will get answer it. We can trust him. Well, no matter what's going on, even in this Old Testament story, Jesus, God, will answer the problems that Habakkuk and Israel was facing at the time. It doesn't make sense. I don't know about you, but it, 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 it resounds to me, no matter where I'm going to, I need to keep my focus on Jesus. I need to keep my focus on the cross. Because the cross will answer it. And I can have an inexpressible joy because I know I'm forgiven. 
I know that Jesus is in me. I know his spirit is in me. I know I'm walking with God. And I'm walking by faith in his promises. That makes sense. The cross will answer it. He is our cornerstone. The cross will answer it. It doesn't matter how difficult it looks. God still has a promise. And God still has a plan. I want to say that again. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God still has a promise. And God still has a plan. And He is still on the throne. He is our King. And He is our God. And His Word has the last say. Not with the problems. And I'm going to listen to what He says. Not what my circumstances are saying. And sometimes not even what people are saying. I mean, you know, loved ones, even our spouses, our kids, our parents, um, uh, our pastors, teachers can say things out of love, but it not be the word of God in the moment. Peter in one moment had a, had a revelation from the Holy Spirit that Jesus was the Christ. And within almost a millisecond, he had a revelation from the devil uh, keeping Jesus from going to the cross. I paraphrase that. And where Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. In one instance. Peter gets a revelation from the Holy Spirit. And God, Jesus said, this is what not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Spirit. And in the very next breath, he says, get behind me, Satan. I mean, in one millisecond, Peter did not get demon-possessed. He just was listening, listening to the wrong voice. And we, we too. That doesn't mean uh, our, our families, our loved ones are demon-possessed, but that ultimately we're going to trust what God says, not what people say. We will trust people as long as they're speaking the word of God. We're trusting the word, what they're saying. Does that make sense? I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. But my key is, the answer is, our faith in Christ. The just will live by his faith. It doesn't matter how much it, how much it doesn't look like it can come to pass. Jesus says the cross will answer it. It doesn't look like, matter how, how it looks like it won't come to pass. But Jesus says, God says, the cross will answer it. It looked like Abraham would never have a child with Sarah. But God gave them Isaac. God did that as an, it says in the Romans chapter 4 and other scriptures, that God did that as our example in faith. That when it looks impossible, when it looks like there is nothing in our power we can do, God intervenes. In that situation. In other words, I'm trying to preach and I'm trying to, to communicate this morning to all of us, including myself, because I need to hear this too. Is that when things are impossible with man, they are possible with God. I don't care how long it's been going, I don't care how complex it is, the cross of Christ will answer it. And we, the just, the righteous, will live by in him and his promises to the cross. Scroll on down with me to uh, chapter 3, verse 4, Habakkuk 3, 4. He goes on to say, And his brightness was a light, and he had rays flashing from his hand, and there his power was hidden. You know, there's a lot here, and I could even keep reading. But as I'm reading this, and I'm hearing Lawson, and he's kind of sharing some of these scriptures with me, with us through the video. 
I'm just reminded that we have a merciful God. We have a good God. We have a kind God. And so our, we can respond in faith for what God says. I see, I, I see in chapter 3 that, that Habakkuk, is starting to change his, Habakkuk is starting to change his tongue. He's starting to change his attitude. I mean, I'm hearing, he's talking about his brightness was like the light. He had, he had rays flashing from his hand, and there, was, there his power was hidden. I mean, it, 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 it's going to go on to eventually verse 18, where he says, And I will joy in the Lord and get my salvation. He's starting to change his language. He's starting to change his tone. In other words, <clears throat> uh, hold your finger here real quick. Go with me to James chapter 2. James chapter 2 verse 13. And I'm going to toggle real quick here to the King James. It says, For you shall have judgment without mercy, and you have shown no mercy, and mercy rejoices against judgment. I never noticed that before. I knew that, uh, I always knew that mercy triumphed over judgment, but I never saw this word rejoice before in the King James. Mercy rejoices against judgment. I like that. I like that. Especially in the context we're talking about joy. Mercy. Rejoices against judgment. And so maybe it's a judgment against us. Maybe we've sinned. Maybe uh, different things or, or whatever the case may be. His mercy, when we have an attitude of joy, His mercy rejoices against judgment. We can rejoice because no matter what has gone on, even if we've made a mistake, even if we've messed it up, even if what we're going through is because we did it, or maybe it's someone else, or maybe it's a combination, His mercy rejoices against judgment. Habakkuk is, is, is distressed. He doesn't understand what's going on with the, the wicked seem like they're, they're advancing and prospering with, over, over the righteous. But the just shall live by his faith. And he ends the, the book, he ends his letter, he ends his, his writings with saying, I will joy the God of my salvation. Um, hopefully I'm making sense with, with, with some of this this morning. Um, I'm trying to find something, find my place here. In other words, I'm trying to get to the point, we can move from a place where we don't understand to a place where we know God is going to have the last laugh. Or he's going to have the last say. God is going to fulfill his word, what he has promised will come true and will come to pass. No matter what it looks like, no matter how dark it is, no matter how wrong it is taken, God will fulfill his word and we the just must live by faith. Joy is the attitude of faith. Real quick, keep your, again, keep your finger here in the back if you're still there. But go with me to Nehemiah. Now, I know Nehemiah might be another hard book to find. It's before Psalms. There's three books before Psalms. 
Nehemiah chapter 8. I got to pick it up verses no. 9 and 10. Now, I don't know if you ever read the book of Nehemiah as you're trying to find it. Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah is three books before Psalms. And so, uh, but, but Nehemiah is going back to rebuild the wall after the destruction of Jerusalem, after a period of time. He, as he goes back, he has opposition. But as they successfully rebuild the wall, Nehemiah, it says, if you, could, if you read the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah, uh, at the completion of, of the wall, he establishes a government leadership, he establishes spiritual leadership, and he establishes family leadership throughout the nation of Israel. But when he set up, when, he, when, he, when, when Nehemiah, after we uh, rebuilt the wall, established the spiritual leadership, it says, if you read Nehemiah, they began, the priests began to read the law, began to read the Torah, and the people began to weep, and the people began to cry. And it's here that we pick it up in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. And, ne and Nehemiah, who was a governor, Ezra, the priest, and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Verse 10 is where I want to get to, though. Then he, Nehemiah, said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portion to those whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah said, Stop weeping. Stop crying, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those in need. You know, that, to me that kind of speaks to this whole coronavirus. Go your way, eat the fat, be, be, be with your family, be whatever, but give to those in her need. Don't be selfish. But he goes on to say, stop crying, don't be sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your Straight. I like those words. You know, we need to be reminded. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Stop our pity party. Stop our adult version of a tip, temper tantrum because we're not getting away. Well, however that may look. Enjoy what God is giving. Give to those of you. Be a blessing. Stop weeping, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Putting everything back into perspective. We know there's so many things and things in that. We need to enjoy what God's given us. We, He is a good, good God. You know, if we're looking for all the negativity, we can find enough. But we can also look for the joy of the Lord. We can look for the goodness of God. God has been good to us. And we need to focus on Him. And we also need to not be selfish. We need to give to those in need. It's not the only thing we do. We need to also enjoy life. We need to... So one thing I like about this whole coronavirus is it's taking us time to stop and smell the roses again. 
I don't like everything. I don't agree with everything. But in the midst of everything I don't understand, in the midst of everything I don't agree with, even in the midst of some things that even make me angry, to be honest, I, want, I don't want to focus on all the negativity. I want to focus on what the goodness of God. I want to focus on His faithfulness. And I want to rejoice in the Lord my God. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, when, I, when I've had my pity parties, and I have some, I even have some this week, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's draining. It drains you. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. When I change my tone, when I change my attitude, I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed life. I didn't mean I always agreed with everything. But in joy is the attitude of faith. It's hard to trust God. It's hard to be relying on God in the moment when you're complaining. When you're poor me, poor me, whatever, however that comes across. But when you, the joy is an attitude, and, and uh, we need to... Let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Let me real quick. We're going to go back to Habakkuk in just a minute. But in Acts chapter 16, that one should be a little easier to find. I know I gave you some hard ones this morning. Acts chapter 16. Go ahead and show me this verse 25. But as you're turning, Paul and Silas were praying about where God wanted them to go. They prayed about going to Asia, and the Lord forbid them to go. That was earlier in the chapter, verse 6, verse 7. Uh, they were praying about going to, I think it's called Bithynia. I can't pronounce it. But, but they felt a check in their spirit. Then Paul had a dream about going to Macedonia. About a man begging them to come. And then they get to Macedonia. And they reach one girl. They reach one lady. Get one person saved. Cast out a demon out of another gal. And then they get beaten, stripped naked, and thrown in the, the, the innermost part of the prison with stocks. I mean, I mean, most of us, if this happened to us, we would have been saying, Lord, why me? I don't understand. I prayed about going to Asia, and you didn't want me to go. I prayed about going here, and he didn't want me to go. And then I got a dream about going to Macedonia. And so we, we went to Macedonia. But we, when we went to Macedonia, we saw one person saved. And then we and cast out a demon. And then we get beaten, stripped naked, and thrown in prison. And some of us would have just been so bent out of shape. Because we went through all of this mess and all of this torture... Just for one. How many know it would be worth it just for one? But at the same point in time, that's not how Paul and Silas responded. After all this happened in verse 25, but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, and so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loose. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, so supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm, do yourself no harm, for we are here. And then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he continued to read the story. 
Not only did he get saved, but his whole household got saved. You know, Paul and Silas went through all this torture. Their rights were violated. He being a Roman citizen. I have heard a lot about rights being violated, and I'm not against And Paul dealt with some of that after and aftermath of some of this. So I'm not addressing that. So, but they didn't. They weren't complaining. They were joyful. They sang praises to God at midnight. I'm sure they were painful. I'm sure they were hungry. I'm sure they were. Uh, hey, hey, hey. No one wants to be in the innermost parts of the prison in stocks in this dungeon. A strong earthquake came, shook the place, and, 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 and uh, as, as we read, the jailer and his family get saved. You know, another story, Stephen was being stoned for preaching the gospel. And yet he, when I read that story of Stephen, he's so joyful as he, as he sees, sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And out of all that took place, who saw him praising God? Paul, who was called Saul at the time. You know, sometimes when we are joyful in the midst of calamity, like Paul and Silas, like Stephen and others, sometimes people who are watching, like Saul, who becomes Paul, I don't know how much that affected Paul in his ministry, but Paul saw how Stephen responded, and Paul responded almost the same exact way, just different circumstances. You know, our, how we're responding to all this coronavirus, how all these different rights being violated, all these different things. How we respond to when we are facing calamities of different kinds and troubles is a witness, that can be a witness to the world around us. Paul Sidus saw the whole jailer in his household get saved. Stephen's, Stephen didn't get to witness it, but Saul, Saul became Paul. And we are still benefiting from Paul's letters today and his ministry today. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Okay, let me get back to where we were. I don't know if I'm making sense with all of this this morning. But one of the things I'm trying to make here in this portion of my message is that one way that you can operate with joy and faith is to praise God. One of the quickest ways to get your faith into alignment is to start thanking God and start focusing on Him and praising God. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's hard for me to be in faith when I'm murmuring and complaining about something. Even if what was done was wrong. Even if what was done was evil. Even if my rights were violated. Even if I, if I believe I should, by a strike I'm healed, but I'm not seeing the manifestation of the healing or whatever God's promised. But if my attitude is negative, I'm not going to be walking in faith, even if I'm trying to stand on the promises. The joy, joy is the attitude of faith. And how do we switch gears? I believe we, we praise God. We worship God. We magnify God and not the problem. We magnify God and not the adversity. We magnify God and not the injustice. We magnify Him and not the problem. We get our focus on Him because the just will live by His faith. And where does faith come from? The Word of God. Faith, joy comes from the presence of God. We need to get out of the presence of all the, 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 the junk that we're in. 
you know, the, the situation, and we need to get into the presence of God where there's joy. We need to keep abiding. If we're abiding in Him, no matter what we're going through, there's going to be joy. There's going to be peace. There's going to be love. There's going to be self-control. Even our self-control of our attitudes and our, and our emotions. You know? And so we need to seek God. When there's a challenge, we can use it as an opportunity to believe God. You know, we can have the greatest miracle. Not, we might be going through the greatest tragedy of our lives. And we can turn that into an opportunity to believe God to see one of the greatest miracles in our lives. I know some people are going through some horrible things. We've gone through some horrible things. But we can either wallow in our pain, wallow in all the things, or we can take an opportunity to believe that God can turn this thing around. And bring glory to his name. Amen? You can be joyous no matter what kind of difficulty you are having. Because we have the spirit of joy. We don't have the spirit of this world. Go with me to Psalm 8, 2, 8 verse 2. I think I misread. <clears throat> I had the wrong verse earlier in the back. I'll go back to something in just a moment. But Psalm 82. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. I want to read that again. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Uh, King James says, you have ordained praise because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. You know, Jesus actually quotes this in Matthew chapter 21. But I believe that, first of all, I believe we already have the victory in our spirit, and we already have the victory in our mouths. We already have the victory in Christ, but we need to speak it. The avenue of praise. And it says that I believe also praise will still the mouth of the enemy and the avenger. When we praise God, and in other words, we are not going to give the enemy or this problem any of our allegiance, any of our focus, any of our energy. We're going to keep our praise on Him. It will still the mouth of our avenger it will steal the mouth of our enemy you know it's kind of hard to keep attacking someone when you're attacking them and they're not taking it <laughs> it just takes the steam out of it you know the enemy tries to take us down but the more we he tries to take us down the more we're praising him you know I have it in my bag of tricks but you ever see that little weeby wobble Every time you push it over, it, falls, it stands back up. Then we, that's how we should be. Every time the enemy tries to knock us down, we just stand right back up. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we have an attitude of faith. Uh, this is what I, I, I didn't... Uh, go back to the back real, real quick for me. I should have noticed this back. I had you go to 
I had back to 3 4, but I think it's 3 2 I wanted you to go to. Yeah, that's why. Okay. I had to go to 3 4. 3 4 is good. And you probably were looking at it like, Dave, where were you going? And I don't know where I was going. But I back at 3 2 says, Oh Lord, I've heard of your speech. And I was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath. Remember mercy. This is where I want to go. You know, when I was in high school, I loved this verse. I, I read it out of the NIV, not the New King James. And what I got out of this verse was, uh, Lord, I said, Lord, revive your work in my day. I've read, all my life, since I was, I could read, I've read the Bible. I've memorized, I've read the stories backwards and forwards. i read about Moses parting the Red Sea. I read about Abraham. I read about David and Goliath. I read all these different stories. Daniel and the lion's den. And I said, Lord, revive them in my day. Revive them in my time. In, in my day, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Kind of goes with James, where, where mercy rejoices over judgment. And uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't want God to judge America. I didn't want God to judge anyone. I wanted God, people to experience his mercy. I'm not mad at people. I'm not mad at the wicked. I, I, I don't like it the wicked seem like they're rebelling at times. But I want them to experience his mercy, not his wrath. I'm not wanting vengeance on them. I'm wanting them to experience his mercy. Because I know if they don't experience his mercy, some of them don't receive Christ. There is judgment day coming. But that's not what I'm preaching. What I'm preaching is mercy. That's what they need to taste. They need to taste the goodness of God, not the wrath of God. Who wants, a, who wants to follow a wrathful God? I want to follow a good God. Yes, he has a wrath side, don't get me wrong, but he took his wrath out on Jesus. So I don't have to experience his wrath. I can experience his mercy. And when I experience his mercy, I can be merciful to others. Why am I so talking this way about the wicked? Because I understand his mercy myself. And if, if I hadn't received his mercy, I wouldn't be here. None of us would be here without his mercy. And even if we, can, we can't find something to give God thanks for, I'm grateful for his mercy. I'm grateful I'm still here. I'm grateful I still have breath in my lungs. I'm, I'm grateful for that. <coughs> and so, and I'm grateful for, and even if I don't, have, I, can't, I don't have a revelation of that, I'm thankful for the cross. Because the cross will answer whatever I'm going through. Joy is an attitude a thing. We need to have a major, major attitude called joy. The believers should be the happiest people on the planet. We should be the happiest people, no matter what we're going through. And I'm not, I'm not excusing problems. But Jesus said, "In this world, you will have troubles, but be a good cheer. I have overcome." We can have cheer. We can be of good cheer. Not because of the trouble, but because we know the answer. The cross will answer whatever problems we are facing because Jesus through the cross has overcome the world and the cross will answer whatever we're facing. Amen? The stone will cry. He's our cornerstone. He's the cornerstone the world, the world has rejected. The builders have rejected but my Jesus will give an answer to that. 
My Jesus will answer my physical problems. My Jesus will answer my financial problems. My Jesus will answer my marital or relationship problems. My Jesus will answer any problems I have. <coughs> including if it's my own flesh, because my own struggles, my own temptations, my own addictions, whatever the case, the cross will answer. But I'm not going to trust myself to not fall into diverse temptations. I'm going to trust the cross. I'm going to trust Jesus. Because I can't, I can't save myself. But he has given me salvation. He has saved me. I believe the people who overcome are the people who never give up. They keep over believing God. We need to keep believing God. There's times, it, I understand, there's times the battle just gets long. The battle gets, I, I had a message I taught several years ago called the miracles in the journey. The miracles in the journey. You know, we all marvel at the birth of a child. When a, when a baby's born, we what a miracle. And it is a miracle. But the miracle didn't take place and, uh, when the baby was born. The miracle took place at the time of conception throughout the nine months in the womb. The birth was just a manifestation of that miracle and its fruition. Can I say that right? You know, the miracle took place in the nine months. Through all those birth pains, through all those struggles in the womb of the mom, the miracle was taking place. It was being knit together in her womb. But thank God, we get to rejoice at the time of the birth. It's not always rejoicing through the journey. During that pregnancy, they're not always rejoicing. They're, I mean, they're rejoicing when they find out they're pregnant. They're, they're rejoicing at times that they know their baby's coming. But sometimes, uh, some of the pains and some of the struggles, I can't compare. I don't know. I never will be pregnant. never have been pregnant. I can't ever experience that joy. <laughs> but at the same point in time, I, we've, seen, we've seen enough. Well, we, as men, we, we know. And as moms, you know more than we know. You know? But the miracle, the miracle is in the journey, and sometimes we don't want we don't want to go through the journey. When we don't go through the journey, sometimes we will abort or we will have a miscarriage. What God wants to do in our lives. Some people think a life of faith is a life where you don't have problems, but that's not true. Be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. Um, again, I just want—I said this before, but Habakkuk didn't always understand everything that went on. David didn't understand. Joseph, Daniel—the list can go on and on. Esther. Go with me real quick to Deuteronomy chapter twenty-nine. Verse 29. Where it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. There's a lot here. I'm not going to uh, go into real deep with this. But some things we don't understand because some, some things just belong to the Lord. But that he has revealed to us some things. 
And the things that he has revealed to us, I pray from, as Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that God would reveal what I need to know and what I don't need to know, that I can just trust that he knows what he's doing. Or he knows there's some things that are just secret to the Lord. But he has revealed things to us, his children. That we can enjoy forever. Go with me to Second Corinthians chapter four. Verse seven. We'll start here. Second Corinthians four, seven. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. There's a lot here that I've read so far in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But Paul is saying, you know, especially when I go back up here to verse 8 and 9, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. The cross of Jesus will answer it. Where I mean, know that we may go through some things, and even as Christians, we may go through some persecution. And some people have gone through some very severe persecution, not only physically, life and death, but sometimes some people from families and friends have lost families and friends because of their faith. Jesus never promised that we wouldn't have persecution. Jesus never promised that we wouldn't have tribulation. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. We can be, we can go through hard things. Paul's painted a very vivid picture that we can be very hard, we can be very hard pressed, and but we're not crushed. Why? Because the Lord is our strength. Is that making sense? We need, we need, you know. I said, why did I say something this too? Because we shouldn't call it so strange that we go through things. Sometimes we're like Christians. Why are we going through things? Well, Jesus said we would. God said we would. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. We don't have to be overtaken. We don't have to be shipwrecked. We don't have to give up. We don't have to surrender. And we also don't have to be dictated by all these things. <coughs> be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. We also don't need to blame God. God's not the author of all this junk. The world has been... Why do we go through troubles? Well, first of all, we have a devil. We have an enemy. And so, ultimately, when Adam sinned, he messed up this world. Sin has messed up this world. We're going to get a new heaven, and we're going to get a new earth. Why this one's so messed up? And that's, you know, Jesus is coming, and we are going to get a new heaven and earth. But we, can all, we have also been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So that we can be kings and priests in this earth. 
And we can, where the joy, where the earth is filled with His glory. And we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. But how many of you know if, you're ever, if we're around a negative person, they're not joyful to be around. But joyful people are. We should be, we should have so much joy that people are asking us why. Even if they knew our stories, even if they knew what we're going through, why are you so joyful? Well, I'm glad you asked. Now it just opens the door to share why. We're not happy because of the circumstances. We might hate the circumstances, and we don't have to necessarily keep the circumstances. Paul inside us got out of the jail. We see miracle after miracle of miracle just because they went through things doesn't mean they stayed there. Didn't mean that was their legacy. Actually, what they did, they put their focus on God, and they saw a miracle. And the miracle was their legacy. Not the trouble. We, we, can, we can turn our test into a testimony if we will keep our focus on God. I have this in my notes. We, uh, you show who is on the throne of your heart by the way you respond to problems. Are you on the throne of your hearts? I believe that we can, we can, or is Jesus on the throne of your heart? If you can go through major problems and still have an attitude of joy. And even though we have an attitude of joy, sometimes we can get off the attitude in a moment. I can have an attitude of joy all day. And one thing, sometimes even the smallest little thing, knocks me off my, my roller coaster. And I'm now at my pity party again. I, I just need to get back in the presence of God, back in the fellowship, uh, back in certain things. Sometimes I need to make things right and everything, but, but I'm, my focus is on getting back into God's presence and, and, having, and making the decision. I'm going to have an attitude of joy. And a lot of times that attitude change will even change the circumstance. But not... But I also want to notice here that we, death is not, I like what he says here, verse 12, so then death is working in us, but life isn't working in you. The life of Jesus, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, should be working in our lives and through our lives. But sometimes we get so off focus, we stop focusing on that. Verse 13, it says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are we speaking? I can a lot of times tell what's going on in someone's heart, including my own, at times, because of what I'm speaking. If I'm speaking negativity, then what am I believing? What am I trusting? What am I focused on? Same thing with others. But if we believe the Word of God, despite what we're going through, we can be going through the worst troubles of our lives, but we can also be of joy. We can have an attitude of joy, not because of them, but in spite of them, because our focus is on God, not our circumstances. But we believe, and therefore we speak. God created the whole heavens and the earth through creation because he, he spoke the word of God. And I believe when God spoke, he believed what he spoke. I believe God created the heavens and the earth. He created light. He created everything because he believed his own word. He believed and therefore he spoke. 
we too can believe and therefore speak. I can believe and I can say, my body, you will be whole. I can speak to one another out of joy, not desperation, but joy. I can command the sick to be healed. I can command life to flow through their body. I can command provision to come to them for our needs. I can speak to the mountain and cause it to move. I can answer the fig tree through the cross of Jesus Christ that said that we'll answer it. Because I focus on Him and I enjoy the Lord in my strength. My focus this morning is that we need to keep believing the Word of God. We need to keep speaking the Word of God. We need to keep praising God. We need to keep magnifying God. We need to keep glorifying God. We need to keep operating in joy. Verse 14. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are of your, for your sakes. That grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. I love that. Thanksgiving is joy. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. How many know our outward man can perish? We're tired. We get tired. We get tired. You know, we did a lot of yard work this week and different things. Sometimes being just being out in the heat. Just even how many know having a good time? Our outward man can get perished though. Sometimes with some of the things we'll go through. But our inward man is being renewed. Day by day. Why? Because our, our focus is on Him. It's not our problems. And we're not going to be controlled. We, we teach about spirit, soul, and body. My body is not going to control how I do. My spirit is going to control how my soul and my body respond. I'm not going to let my... Uh, I'm not serving my body. I'm allowing my spirit man who's born again to control how, how I think how my emotions will be, uh, and also how my body will act and whatnot. I can be renewed from the inside out, not the outside in. Does that make sense? Okay. Verse 17. For our light affliction, which is for a moment, is working for us a far exceedingly eternal weight of glory. It's always interesting how Paul calls his afflictions light. You can go to, uh, uh, we're in 2 Corinthians, but you can go to chapter 12, we're not going to go there, and Paul will list his list of his light afflictions, how he was stoned, how he was uh, whipped many times, and all, how he was shipwrecked and different things. He calls those light afflictions. But he also says, they're for a moment. That means two things for me. If they're for a moment, they're, one, they're temporary. And because they're temporary, they are subject to change. Just because we're going through afflictions, they are, for a moment, they are subject to change. Our afflictions can change. But He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. And we might be going through afflictions, and we might not say they're light like Paul is calling them light. That might not be a revelation we have, but even if they are for a moment. Okay? God can change our circumstances. We, our circumstances can change. And we can, the things of God are eternal. Our joy is eternal. Our peace is eternal. Our love is eternal. 
our relationship with God is eternal. And we need to choose what is eternal, not what's temporary. The promises of God are eternal. But we have to make a decision that we're going to believe God no matter what it looks like. And we have to make a decision every day. Just because I made a decision yesterday, I have to make a decision today. I'm going to choose to believe God despite the circumstances. Or I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe His promises. I'm going to believe His word. I'm going to believe what God says, not what my circumstances are saying. My circumstances might be very loud. My very circumstances might be very, uh, I've been speaking very longly in this area. But I am going to make a decision that I'm going to believe God. When you believe God, I believe the result will always be joy. When you put your focus back on believing God and not the circumstance, the response, the attitude, the result will always be joy. Go with me to First Peter. We're almost done. We're rounding their base. Chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Blessed be the God of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope. We said about that this morning. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I love this from Peter. You know, we have a living hope. We talked about hope a little bit last week. Hope deferred makes our heart sick. But our hope is in God. Our hope is not in the circumstance. Our hope, our hope is not in ourselves. But we don't have to have a sick heart. We can believe God. We can trust God. We can rely on God. We can, with joy, uh, draw from the wells of salvation. We read the last week from Isaiah 12.3. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because He lives. Because He rose again. Because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. I have a living hope. And I can have an inexpressible joy because I am forgiven. Christ has rose from death. He is living in me. Death, his death has purged me. and I, his, He's my cornerstone and his cross will answer whatever I'm going through. But I have a living hope. It's not just a hope. It's living because of or through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. We have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. This kind of goes back to what we read about in Nehemiah. They had an inheritance of the people of God. And Nehemiah said, go, eat, enjoy what God has given you. Give the others and stop weeping and complaining. And stop weeping for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We have an inheritance in Jesus. By his stripes, we were healed. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, because my righteousness of him, my heritage is in the Lord. We have an amazing heritage. And so I pray that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And when we know him, we know what we have in him, this inheritance. And because of the cross, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and this inheritance, and we can have the joy. There should be nothing we should fear. To an inheritance, that, and this inheritance that we have is incorruptible. It's undefiled. And it doesn't fade away. It's reserved for us in heaven. But we can have heaven on earth, Jesus said. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. We are kept by the power of God through our faith. We've been talking a lot about faith this morning because joy is the attitude of faith. For salvation, ready to be revealed. It's ready to be revealed. It's been preserved. It's like that, that child in the womb. It's ready to come forth. It's ready to be birthed. We are the children of God. Jesus went to the cross. And he rose from the dead. So that we can have an expressible hope. A living hope. An inexpressible joy. Ready to be revealed. Not just to us. But through us. To a world that needs Jesus. It's time for the church to be happy. It's time to, for the church to be joyful. Because we need to show a world out there, no matter what comes at us, that we are, our focus and our joy and our contentment is in Christ. And because of that, we can speak to whatever is, 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 the situation will be, because the cross of Jesus will answer it. It will answer our sickness. Every sickness, every pain, every situation must bow the finished work of the cross. It is our inheritance. He's already put everything underneath our feet through the cross. When we live by faith, we will operate in joy. Verse, uh, I'm going to read on to verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. We've been talking a lot about that. But I like how he starts out the verse. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Verse 7. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, glory, at the revelation of Jesus. I like Andrew's commentary on this verse when he talks about this verse. Some people think that God has caused all the problems to, to purify our faith. I don't believe the problems come from God. But just like gold can be purified by the fire, so the problems can also purify our faith. And, but, our, but he says that our genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold. Just as precious as gold is, so our faith can be very precious. Because we can use our faith to move mountains. We can use our faith to raise the dead. 
We can use our faith to change the circumstances. Our faith is very precious. It's very, very precious. And we need to just live by faith. Enjoy his attitude faith. But it may be found to praise, honor, and glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ. I believe if you are believing God, you are going to operate in victory. If you are, are, are believing God, you're going to see the glory of God. You're going to see the manifestation of His presence, of His person, of, of, of His purpose. I believe that's the same thing Habakkuk was saying in his, his letter, in his book. Verses 8 and 9. I'm wrapping it up. Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see Him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We can rejoice in Jesus with the inexpressible joys. If we understand our salvation, if we understand what we have in Jesus, there should be an inexpressible joy. And that joy can be our strength. And that joy can be our attitude that activates our faith to change our circumstance. I believe this is what James is also talking about. Uh, go with me to James chapter 1 and we're going to close. James 1, 2-4. It says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall to various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How can you rejoice when you have trouble? How can you rejoice when you are going through various trials? As James says, I believe you can rejoice when you know on the other side there's victory. On the other side, it produces patience. and It produces endurance so that we can see the victory. So many times we don't see the victory because we give up. We cash out. We throw in the white towel. We, our faith becomes shipwrecked. I believe so many times we give up too easy. We grow weary and well-doing. And I'm not saying it's easy. It wasn't easy for Daniel. It wasn't always easy for David and Abraham and all these different patriarchs. It wasn't always easy. But faith, it wasn't easy for Jesus to go to the cross. It was easy in the fact that he loved us. But the cross itself was not easy. He sweat tears of blood. Uh, he, 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 it wasn't easy. But, but the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We can have joy. We can have joy in persecution. Look at Stephen. Look at Paul Silas. We can have joy. We might not understand it. We might not be able to put terms around it. But we're not focused on the, 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 the wicked prevailing. We're focused on the Lord who is our strength. And we walk by faith and not by sight. We can rest in the faithfulness of our God. I don't know if it makes sense this morning. But I just got a lie out of the back. I don't know if I explained it all well. But I, I see a man, I see a prophet who didn't understand what was going on. And so he, and he, know that he, he went to the right source to answer his questions. He went to God. Sometimes we don't understand. Lord, I don't get it. 
David does that throughout the Psalms. I don't get it. But we can't stay in that attitude of negativity. We have to let the Lord encourage us. We have to let the Lord answer us. We might not always in the flesh like the answer. And we will, if we will, if we if we allow Him to teach us, if we allow Him to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him, we will come to a place where we we get it and we understand it, and there is an inexpressible joy. And we might not see the fig in the vine, we might not see different things at times, but we will joy in the Lord of our salvation. We will see the victory. We will see healing. We will see manifestation of God's promises. We will see the victory. God will promises will come through. It may not look like it, but don't focus on how it can't happen. Focus on how it can happen because God. Because God can. Amen. Lord, we worship you. We, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. Help us all to operate in a spirit of joy. Help us all to have an attitude of joy. And help us to walk by faith and not by sight. Bless us as we go. And we give you thanks for every good and perfect thing you've given us. Amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock and next week. Blessings.